0: Welcome to The Underlay, a Clever Choice podcast, where we go inside and under the flooring industry.
1: Welcome to The Underlay, and today have we got something very special for you. Uh, My name is Matthew White, and I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, but sitting opposite me is my co-host, Michael Roberts. How are you?
0: I'm excited, Matt.
1: Yeah, look, GM of Clever Choice, and today he's not the co-host. No. He's the special guest.
0: That's correct.
1: Yeah, we've had a little bit of feedback, and some people have said that Mate, we don't, we haven't really heard from Michael yet.
0: Yeah, that's um, definitely some of the feedback. I've been on the road the last couple of weeks um, with Sean, our managing director, and a couple of the reps getting around, seeing our clients down in the southern states. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely, you know, people are out there listening, so that's uh, that's amazing, but yeah, some of the feedback was, who are you?
1: Yeah, who is Michael? And we might delve a little bit into that today.
0: Yeah, like a little bit deep.
1: We might. We might
0: pull some of the uh, layers off the onion. Yeah, well, that's uh, one way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> and just keeping to topic, I uh, just want everyone out there to um, know that... The Tigers are back, <laughs> mate. Look, come on, it was one win. No, it's been three
1: wins now. It's incredible. I didn't pick them to have three wins all season.
0: Yeah, I don't think most people did. Mm. And being a you know avid uh, supporter, um, you know, I wasn't one of them either. But it's amazing. We were talking about it before, like how much, um, I guess, your mental strength has a lot to do with things. They haven't really changed the team. You know, okay, they have bought some good players, but started off really bad, really mm. poorly, and for whatever reason, something's changed, and um, you know, they're now a well-structured team, disciplined, uh, so I think there's just a couple of basics there that they had to change, and they're looking good, they're, they're looking competitive.
1: Yeah, well, you know, they, they beat the Premiers, they have they crushed the top four team last weekend in the Cowboys, yep. very, very comfortably.
0: Uh, they went really close against, you know, the Rabbits, who I think at the moment are far superior than anyone else. Yeah. Um, really only in the last five minutes they, you know, sort of shut down after a couple of quick tries. But, you know, eight seventy 70 minutes into the game, they, they were in it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they were. It's been a massive turnaround. I guess that it does take time for stuff to click. I guess new coaching set up. Yep. Uh, quite a few new players. It does take time to click. And you're. I think you're right. I think it's a mental thing. I think the they just had to believe. And I think that's 100%. the hardest thing. You know, uh, without belief. And they've got, and, and they've got it back
0: to to just simple play. You yeah. know, they're running up the middle, they're making the yards, and now off the back of it, the creative people can do their work. Yeah. I think they relied, you know, and I think it sort of all started on the the Benji era where it was go to the creative people first. Mm. Uh, and the hard yards were not done behind. The foundations were not built. Yeah. Um, and I think it's very similar to business. Um, you know, it's sort of what we've had to do at Clever is, you know, come back uh, since 2019 with our buyout, get the foundation right. And now the creative people are starting to, you know, do their thing. And yeah. we're really seeing that growth. But we tried that in the early days and we, we were sort of firing, but just rapid firing. You know, there was no real targets or uh, we did well. Um, but it's definitely been a different beast since we've sort of come back to the basics, got all the foundations right, and now we can grow, and, you know, we're on target.
1: So let's check clever there for a little bit, and you've opened yourself up already. We, we know you must be a sucker for punishment. Yes. Being a West Tigers fan. Yeah. Now, I, I have the pleasure of meeting you regularly. Yes. And I know a little bit about Michael Roberts, but not a heap, and I think there's a lot of people out there that are probably the same. You know, they get Michael, the GM. Yep. I want, a little, I want to delve a little bit into Michael, the human. Okay. okay. Massive change in your life in the last 12 months. Yeah. Uh, real huge change. Uh, moving uh, from the beach to the bush, yes. essentially. Uh, yeah. Huge change in lifestyle. Yes. And, mate, what's some of the reasons for that? What, what made you go, it's time for a move?
0: I think it all goes back to... If I pinpoint um, why, probably started four years ago when my when my dad passed away. Uh, I think up until that point of my life, I was hundred miles an hour. Um, you know, I look back at you know my childhood, uh, and that sort of you know, all the memories are with my parents. You know, um, a little white kid and growing up in Canley Vale. And if people might know sort of Western Sydney, it's a very uh, Chinese slash uh, was European sort of back then. Predominantly a lot of Chinese now. Little white kid growing up in Canley Vale. You know, the typical family, the fibro home. Uh, My dad had a very good work ethic. Uh, He'd be up before the sun, you know, not home until dark. Um, So, yeah, looking right back. If we just sort of touch on that a little bit, yeah, you know, mum always working as well, and then um, to get their first home, we actually they sold our first house. Oh, sorry, that was our first little, little home, but to get the house of their dreams, we had to move in with my grandparents, my grandma, for three or four years. Uh, so I was probably more of a mumma's boy, hanging oh. out with Nan for that adolescence part of my life, and um, yeah, and then I sort of found footy. Hence, why we talk about it because. Most of my memories are uh, then my dad, you know, as I sort of hit teenager, he would actually come home and I guess pick me up and then round all the local riffraff up off the streets, load them into the little um, VW Beetle. And I remember there'd be six or eight of us in this Beetle, you know, and he would have to it's quite a jam. Yeah, oh, it was. <laughs> but it was the only way we could get everyone to training because, you know, we're all a bit, um, I guess, the people in that footy team are a bit dysfunctional, uh, come from, you know, I guess lower, lower sort of class areas, Um, but you know what, it it was a team of us that came together, and I think, you know, I sort of always remember this, and we come up and won our grand final in the first year, none of us had played footy before, you know, and okay, we're only 11 years old, but I think, you know, later in my life, I've been looking back at why and how I got where I am, and I think that was definitely the start, sort of, of the journey. Um, you know, and then I guess the other thing was, as you go through teenagehood, and you think that your friends are everything. Um, and as you know, you you your kids are at that age now, absolutely. Um, where they're your whole life. For you know, my my oh my parents, my mum and dad. I remember going, you know, Botany Beach. Well, I thought that was a beach, right? Yeah, when it, was I grew, not a, it was not a beach. When I grew <laughs> up, I thought the waves at Botany were like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm boogie boarded. I don't think I actually saw a proper beach until <laughs> I was in my mid-teens. Oh, my God. Because it was just, that's where my dad went. There was a pub right on the beach there at San Susie. Yeah. Um, so my dad was sort of always sort of up there and they were water skiing. So that's where I sort of grew up or down at the Hawkesbury River. And so then all of a sudden, one weekend, Mom goes, Let's go to Cronulla. You know, I used to love going to Cronulla. And then we go, and I'm like, Whoa. Now they're waves. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where my passion from the beach started uh, from there. But I'd, um, yeah, it's funny, then hitting teenage, and I sort of went a bit astray. And um, I guess sound, um, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It well, happens. Back happens to the best of us. Back then it was techno. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I didn't realise at the point actually, at the time, sorry, that um, leaving home was such, uh, for me, it was so exciting. And I think I've been doing a lot of reflecting and I didn't think about how that affected my parents. And it's only now that my own son has moved out, you know, got married. Um, that's a feeling of loss. Yeah. Because for 18 years or 19 years, he was there. Mm. And he was like my best mate. Every moment was built around what I'm going to do for them. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, my parents created a good, stable environment, worked hard, you know, gave me and my sister everything that we wanted. And I've done sort of the same. So I consider myself a good family man, uh, a good father. You know, I was always the kid's coach somehow. Mm. I think all the other, you know... And it was time to pick the coach. It was like, okay, who wants to step forward? And I was the only one that actually didn't step back. Yes, you know, I don't. I've been in that position before. Yeah, Yeah. and somehow then I've become the coach. You know, of sports I've never played or you know not been a part, but I just love being around the kids. Mm. Um, And then yeah, to see see my son go off and start his life and do all that, I look back now and think probably one of those one of those things in my life I probably. Regret that I stayed away for too long.
1: So that's an interesting point because I, we, we it's incredible the, the parallels between you and I. Like, I live with my grandmother. So, uh, for my parents to buy their dream home, yep. they bought in with my father's mum, yep. who essentially my mum and dad worked and she raised me. Uh, we moved into that house when I was 25. Mm-hmm. My sister had just been born. Uh, and, you know, she passed when I was fifteen, and she was like my best mate. I would go downstairs to where she lived and watch TV with her. And yep. you know, if I was sick, she looked after me and all that kind of stuff. So, uh,
0: exactly the same. Yeah,
1: thing. it's inc- it's incredible. And then when you're right, when you don't, you don't think about that stuff. No, you really don't. And how much uh, of importance that plays in in the person that you are, and 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 the and the actions that you that you have. Yeah. Um but when my dad passed and my dad passed um, just a year ago so almost you know a, a year and two weeks ago passed on the 11th of May last year and you do a lot of reflecting yeah and you do start to think about the the father you are or the, mm-hmm. the person that you are and why you are the person that you are uh, and I and I was the same I went all the way back all the way back to to, to my childhood Yep. Uh, and you, I guess you try and mold. This is not necessarily in your father's uh, model, no. but you, you take the good and the bad from, from them. Correct. And then you go, well, I'm going to do more of this and I'm going to do less of that. And then you're going to make it, you know, Michael the father.
0: You're 100% correct. And, you know, I think that's where i sort of started this journey. You know, I sort of started with my father passing, but then I found myself flicking back, you know, and really working my way forward then. And start analyzing every step. And, you know, uh, similar to your story, I grew up with my nan, mm. um, you know, and been around my cousins. And we had a big European family, you know, as much as I, was, I consider myself a white Aussie because I'm as Aussie as they come. Mm. Um, you know, my background was European. Like, you know, it wouldn't be anything to have a hundred people at my grandfather's for Christmas. Wow. Oh, yeah. Like, You know, when I'm, I'm looking back now at the memories, they're the memories I remember every year. You know, and they were like benchmarks of my cousins and, um, you know, different family members. And then, I guess, the older generation of kids having their kids, you know, and now me having my kids. And, you know, and that's sort of it's probably one thing I think separated as the older generation have do- passed away. That has got, you know, um, not so important in our life, but it's important for me to try and bring that back. S- so for you...
1: Yeah, uh, because I was I was the opposite. So my my dad was fiercely fiercely independent. From a uh, he was an only child. Yeah, uh, he only had his mother, and there was no one else. Yeah, right. So my mother's family, we, we're quite estranged from because, did we we? I think the last time that we did a relay bash with with my mother's side of the family, I was about th- fourteen. Yep. So we're talking over thirty years ago. Now I have seen them. Independently, maybe two or three times in those thirty years. Yeah, right? right. Now, I look back, and and our friends became our family. So what my dad did was that he had some very close friends that essentially became family. And my my best friend, he was best friends with his dad, yep. and guys I played footy with, he was close with. So he built this extended family, but it was not blood; it was it was from love, right? Yep. That people he loved and respected. So I've found it difficult as I've gotten older to uh, – I've got my own family now. Uh, my, my, inla- my in-laws just live around the corner. Yep. Uh, so they're an extended family. So I've always been looking for extended family and it's been friends. Yep. Right? Uh, I can't imagine what it would have been like to to be having like 100 relatives and people that you are uh, – like, it would have been incredible.
0: It's a different bond, like it. It truly, it truly is, you know, because you just, you know, you know that Auntie Lisa's turning up with her favourite, um, you know, Brajoli meal, and then one of my aunties is trying to make it even better, but it's just terrible, <laughs> and you know what I mean. And then you got the grandparents, you know, my grandfather and my uncle out the back, and I'd always want to shake my uncle's hand because there was always a fifty-dollar note in his hand. For, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so there's all those little things that. You know, every Christmas, you know, you go through that, yeah. and, and then as you get older, and the shape, you know, I shook his hand, and there was no fifty-dollar note because I've got my own kid now, and then my kid gets a fifty-dollar note. And I, I felt cheated. You should. I'm like, hey, that's my fifty-dollar <laughs> note. Get your own. He's my uncle. Um. So yeah. So it was very comforting. Um, I think at that time growing up and having that family and as I said, growing up with my grandma, she was very close, um, even though she'd broken up with my grandfather and he had another um, family now, we, we seemed to always be there and my nan and pop still got, I, if anything, I saw them as happy, you know, and obviously different dynamics of family, which is probably another episode, Yeah, um, we were always there, you know, or at my cousins or, you know, my, so my nan was very social. Um, you know, I was looking after us now and, you know, semi-retired. Um, so she loved and she was on her own. So I think she enjoyed the company of being around all my family. Um, so I think that's another thing. I, you know, moving up to Queensland, I moved away from all that. And, you know, and probably not as long as you, but it's probably been since my early 20s. I haven't really been in that family environment. You know, coming up here, we did take that leap and yeah. doing it on our own. Um, And I think, you know, what I've tried to do since separating from my family is create clever as my family I don't really have a big group of friends um, I've probably found that I'm more closer with my kids' friends um, You know, I get on really well, especially my oldest son Yeah. Because uh, a lot of his mates where we lived, you know, we had a bit of a party house there for a while And um, so I got really close with a lot of his mates um, but now it's more about, I guess, all our work colleagues and trying to create that family environment there to replicate that same feeling. Yeah. Um, because I am, I think, my root morals are family-based. Um, so so that that's interesting because that can be difficult. Yep. Because
1: at least with your family, you can tell them to get stuffed. Yep. At work, you can't.
0: No well laws are obviously changing yeah. now and um, you know we spoke to Stephen and Dave um, our insurance brokers um, earlier on in one of the podcasts and it is it's very tough. Um, I find myself getting a lot of advice now um, because I am a, a shoot at the hip guy mm. you know one thing I honor myself on is being truthful it gets me in trouble a lot but you know what people know where I stand I'm not here I'm not a salesman I'm not trying to sell anything. Uh, I'd rather just be truthful, but being truthful can sometimes get you you know in trouble, so I do have to be very mindful that and i and I'm not out to hurt anyone you know like I figure if someone can't do a job or someone's doing something wrong, my way of looking at it is the sooner they know, the sooner they can fix it I think it's a lost art form I really do I think that
1: the human race has become a little bit soft around the edges. Oh, 100%. And I think that it's it's a very fine line to tread about how far we can go because every day you could pull someone into line at work, right? Yep. Every day. And, and you know, and we're human beings. Everyone makes mistakes. Yep. But we can't get better if we don't get told we've made the mistakes. Yep. And I think it's a really difficult discussion to have with people... That they can be better. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think they don't need to be better or yeah. they're just fine. Yep. And I think that, and that must be a very, especially being someone who is truthful, shoots from the hip. Yep. You've got a bit of a cavalier management style where yes. it's like, you know, it's constant, it's it's constant fluid. Like you are constantly moving. Yes. You, you're never in the one spot for very long, mentally or physically. Correct. Right. So how do you manage that?
0: It's, it's probably one of the things that I'm reflecting on a lot more um, because, again, up until my father passed away, I never stopped to look back, you know, so I never actually thought about how my actions affected other people. Um, so how, how I managed that, I think up until that point, you know, I'd say, you know, just quickly getting back, very, very, very passionate family man. I consider myself quite a good dad. You know, if I do pat myself on the back. Yeah. Terrible husband. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Um, and why I say that is because what I guess the way that just shooting from the hip, you know, my wife being feminine doesn't like to be told the truth. And I'm, I'm, I've learned that now, yeah. you know, and I think I spent t- the first 20 years talking the truth or just being selfish, I guess, and not considering... Her feelings And Yeah You know at the time You know we're still married Yeah uh, Or still In each other's vicinity <laughs> At yeah. least Um But Yeah it It's something that You know When my dad died And Um I went into a really dark Like place Yeah Um It dragged Like I dragged myself To the bottom of the hole Um So ex-
1: you, you keep You keep going back to your dad
0: Yeah He's
1: obviously a massive, massive part of your life and influence on your life.
0: Yeah, I didn't realise it, really. Yeah, yeah. Until, you know what, there's a... um, And everyone's probably heard this. um, It's actually... I've had more tears since hearing this thing on uh, YouTube than I ever have. And I don't know if you've heard it, but can I play it? Yeah. This is this kid on um, American Idol. um, Come out and... Again, this is why like Beck, my wife, I feel is so strong with everything we do. You know, everyone looks at me as I'm the strong, I'm the leader, yeah. you know, I'm sorta of the the you know, the dad and you know, I've got this big facade. But really when I when we break it down, it's my wife who It always is, mate. Is actually the strength. Nah, and it the always rock is. And yeah. you know, and I I think I ditched so much shit on her mm. for so long. Um, you know, and then something like this come out And she made me sit down and listen I'm not really a, a music person
1: Mate, American Idol and all those things Make me cry all the time
0: You know, there's, there's I'm already about to cry And you haven't even played on it yet Yeah, and this one clip here I think was one of those points in my life That I actually changed my whole perspective On the yeah. way I see everything And yeah, so I'm going to play it Yeah, play And we'll go on from there
2: As long be to be seen there's a song. It's called "Monsters" by James Blunt. Monsters. Okay. Yeah, it's a song, um, mm-hmm. dedicating to my dad.
1: All right. You want to take a moment? You all right?
2: Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. You gotta relax a little. <laughs> They turn off all the lights. I won't read you your wrongs or your rights. The time is gone. Oh, I'll tell you goodnight. Close the door. I'll tell you I love you once more. The time is gone. So here it is. I'm not your son. You're not my father. we just two grown men saying goodbye. No need to forgive. No need to forget. I know your mistakes and you know mine. While you're sleeping, I try to make you proud. So, Daddy, won't you just close your eyes? Don't be afraid my turn to chase the monsters away. Sleep a lifetime, yes, and breathe a last word. You can feel my hand on your own. Because I'm not your son, you're not my father. Just to grow me saying goodbye. No need to forget, no need to forget. I know your mistakes and you know mine. While you're sleeping, I try to make you proud. So, Daddy, won't you just close your eyes? Don't be afraid, it's my turn. To chase the monsters away.
0: Oh, sorry. That's all right, man. That's
1: all right, man. Sorry, mate. It's okay, bud.
0: Yeah. It just... I heard that and I actually broke down. like, this is four years after... After my father passed away and... Yeah. It just really made me think, you know? Um... Sorry, mate. (laughs) You're making me cry. I know, sorry. (laughs) This is is not what we...
1: This is raw in the panic room, first time ever.
0: Yeah. Mate? Um, It just made me, like you said, I I didn't realise how much of an influence he was on my life. And I, I, I was so, I think, not selfish, but I never stopped to think about all the things that I did that... Um, and I said, especially when I moved out of home and just went, Mm. you know, and, you know, I look back at some of the times where he'd ring me and say, Hey, ring your mum or, you know, like I didn't feel the loss that they suffered. Mm. But I guess now...
1: You're not to know though. No, you're not. No, you're not to know.
0: You're not to know. know. We
1: don't get, we don't get, and this is where I think sometimes we've got to give ourselves a break, right? Because, and, and... As parents and as human beings, we, we're not given a handbook that says this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Right? And I think that we can sit here and we can, we can really, we can get down on ourselves because in hindsight, we made bad decisions. Yeah. But we're not to know. No. And I think that we only learn so that we can pass that on. Yeah. Right? But I try to teach my son so he doesn't have to learn the hard way. I've realized. Yeah. He has to learn the hard way. Because we all have to. Yeah. There's no easy way.
0: No, because they're like, oh, they, they think you haven't been through it before, and no, you know, and you're right. You've got to learn yourself. You got to learn by yeah, pain. You do. Um, you do. You know, and I've gone through a, a fair bit of pain in the last four years. Yeah. Um, and I could sort of see, um, I guess Beck really suffering now. Yeah. Um, because she's lost her first baby. Yeah. And then the second baby is now 18. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to hurt even more.
1: Is he close to going, do you think, or do you think he's going to hang around?
0: I think he talks about going, but <laughs> I think he likes the free ride that he gets. Yeah. And he probably gets more of a free ride because of that fear of us For losing sure. him. Um, so, and, you know, he's he's a bit different where Lockie was, you know, I think at 16, he knew he wanted to be a Sparky. Yeah, He, he had his life already yep. planned. Yeah, And I think he's a lucky individual. Because there's not many people. You know, we spoke to Madison. Yeah. Um, you know, she was quite lucky. She knew which way she wanted to go. Yeah. But I think that's a very small percentage of people. Um, Like, Cruz, you know, he was sort of nearly in tears the other night. Because we're talking about, you know, he's nearly finishing year 12. Yeah. What what's is, next? What's next? And he actually got himself in tears because he just got, he's got no idea. Yeah. So I just... And,
1: and again, I think there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's nothing wrong with it. I think there's so much pressure uh, put on, and and look, and it's funny because I'm saying stuff that I'm I'm the parent that's like, Luke, what are you going to do? Mm. You know, and then I sort of think about it and go, fuck, like he's got his whole life.
0: Yeah. Does it really matter? You know, he's
1: he's funny. He said to me, he goes, I want to take a gap year, and I'm like, gap year from what?
0: Are, like, you, are, are you already on your one? whole life's a gap year, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> like your whole life is a gap year. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I think it becomes we want the best for them so badly... Correct. ...that sometimes we stifle them. Yeah. Because we, we're we afraid to let them make the mistakes. We're afraid to let them live their own life. But we got to. Oh, I've well, sort of come to the conclusion this year. I've, I've seen a real change in my son. We, we went through a rough trot. We were best mates until probably he was 13. Like, super tight. Do yep. a lot together. But when he turned 13 stuff started to change, right? And he became very focused on his friend group, which happens, right? And I yeah. I look back now and I go, yeah, well, I, I get it. But it's been a rough ride, right? A rough ride for probably three or four years. And yep. we're just – there's snippets of it now. Like we had a, a little back and forth at footy training last night where we sort of laughed as mates. Yep. You know, he made a funny comment. I chuckled and said, I was actually just about to come over to you and say the same thing. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I've got to say that to Luke. Uh, but it's been a rough ride. It really has. And I think we forget, sometimes we just got to, you know, there's the old saying, if you love something, set it free, right? Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes we just smother them a little. And it's and it's it's and it's the old "kill killing with kindness bit where it's just going to have to, and I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, mate, just make your mistakes. And you're going to have to, unfortunately, you're going to have to live by them and solve them along the way.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, looking back, um, you know, that was sort of me, set it free. Um, I probably went too free yeah. that I actually ignored, you know, and really neglected uh, my parents' feelings. Um, and that I'm really, you know, sorry for. Yeah. Um, but I'm sort of lucky that um, they kept coming after me. You know, and I think as a parent, you do, you know, yes. I can see why they did. Um, So that's one thing I, I wish I had of, you know, really, you know, not been there all the time, but really when I was there, be there, mm. you know, I wasn't present. Um, You know, as I said, I, f- I found some bad ways and was really distant from everyone for many years. You know, very focused on where I wanted to go, yes. but wasn't present for probably up until, you know, my late 30s. Um, thought that my way was the only way, and you know I knew what I was doing, and you know it's only been since I hit my forties that I've actually started to think, you know, about the past. And
1: someone else might know something.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and you know I've grown probably ten times since actually now reflecting and thinking that you know there's a lot I can influence, be influenced by, and was influenced by, but didn't actually absorb it. Mm. And I was so busy talking and not listening. Um, oh, well, I
1: think that's the key right I think that I always try to listen oh. I always have like I've had people say to me you don't say very much and I actually in the right in the right framework yeah I've got a lot to say yeah but if I'm not a hundred percent comfortable if I or if I am in that knowledge gathering mode I'll just shut up and people will say oh you don't say very well I don't know much about what you're talking about yeah I want to absorb it I, I just want to I want to learn about it I don't I don't want to because it was funny, I was talking to someone the other week about, and it's you know, ironic that you know I'm on a podcast and all I do is talk, right? But I reckon you've got to be careful about the people that talk a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, they're covering up they're for cov- something. They're right? covering up for something. They and, usually are. Yep. And, I
1: f- and I find that that's why, you know, beware of the dodgy second-hand car salesman that never shuts his mouth. And I yep. think it's if you can take that analogy through life, and if you are cautious, not, you know, but just cautious of people that talk too much.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's not a bad way to go. And I think that was me for a long time. Yeah. You know, just covering up, I guess all these things that I was just pushing back that I didn't want to deal with or yep. didn't want to look at. And, you know, now I think I've been able to harness both. You know, I'm still very confident in what I say. Cause I don't talk for the sake of talking. If I'm not confident in what I'm asking or saying, then I'm also the same. I, you know, won't. But if I'm confident, then 100%, you know, I'm going to have my say and, and put it forward. But to be able to be confident, I've now learned that I've also got to listen first. Well, I've got I've,
1: I've to say, it's a it's a good uh, parallel, the the underlay.
0: Yes, exactly. Because at
1: the start, you like it took a little pushing for me to get you across the line on this. Yeah. And it probably took 10 episodes, 10 or 11 episodes for you to really find your feet with it. Yeah. And then you would come in and you'd be prepped. And you, and I just say, I get it going and then you would just take over. And that's, I've been really proud of that journey that yeah, we've thanks. gone on together because at the start, like, you were very uncomfortable.
0: Oh, I, it's like funny. nervous. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would literally be shaking yeah. before I'd walk in here yeah. and um, just not natural. I don't like being in front of a camera. I don't, you know, yeah. this whole thing of having a microphone in my face. Yeah. Um, but yet talking to person face-to-face, I could talk for hours and be very comfortable in what I want to say. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, now I'm, I'm well, at that point. We can sit in here. We can have a laugh. Yeah. And
1: Whereas yesterday you said, I'm having withdrawals.
0: Oh, you know, I was, I, I,
1: And yeah. I'm like, well, let's get something happening. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We haven't been <laughs>
0: in here for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, it was and, like, and it
1: gets that way. And I think that it's funny because I found that the confidence that's built in me uh, talking to different people is incredible. And now I, I, I find I find this to be this is a haven for me. What yep. we're doing here, I, I love this. Yeah, right. I really do, and and this is why I probably am, I've involved in eight of them. Yep, on different levels, whether being an actor in them or and you're very or, good or at or it, producing. Actually. Thank you. Thank I listen you. to
0: most of yours. Thank you,
1: but it's incredible just the transformation in you. Yeah, from you know, like if if need be. I don't have to be here anymore. You yep. could easily
0: do this on your own. Yeah. Right? And I, I think it all comes back to, I, always, I when I first was doing it, I was like, what am I going to say? But the difference is, it's not about what I've got to say, it's what our guests have to say. Correct. Um, and that's the part now. It's just asking the right questions and listening. And yep. the amount that I'm learning from every guest that come on, I couldn't get in, like, years of relationships right. with these people. Exactly. Like. It actually gives a good space just for everyone to open up. Like, you've got me crying here today. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember the last time I've, you know, yeah. cried. You'll in, get a cuddle at the end, In, in public, you know, <laughs> cry in my car a lot. <laughs> go and sit in the car and cry. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's drive that's, to that's Yat- an exclusive. Drive to
1: the car park at Yatla Pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just
0: sit there and cry.
1: You know, thinking, what you like know that? But, you know, I think also is that nothing wrong with it. I don't think we do it enough, right? And I don't want to get to go down the whole male mental health yeah, yeah. thing, right? But there's, there are times when I actually will sit there and go, I think I need to cry. Just for no reason. Yep. Right? I just think I need to. And the last time I really did, if we disregard uh, my dad passing. Yep. Do you know I was watching a... Uh, it was funny. Back when we lived in Sydney. We lived in Collaroy. It was God's country. Beautiful part of the world. We lived in a two-bedroom unit that overlooked Collaroy Beach. It was beautiful. We had a young son... Uh, Luke, who's now seventeen, and he must have been oh god, two or three. And we're in a, in this unit and I was watching an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary. Yeah. And it was about this guy. I'm going and I, I already feel that I'm gonna cry. It was about this guy and he was he he played NBA basketball for the Boston Celtics. Yep. But he was a heroin addict. So he was a functioning heroin addict that was playing NBA. And I was explaining, the, and I watched this show, and, uh, and I was like, I didn't explain, like, I couldn't explain it, but before the game, he was on the corner outside Boston Garden with a dealer getting heroin to inject in the, in the dressing room
0: before, before we, he
1: played, wow. right? He went so far down this drug rabbit hole that it was, it, as usual, destroyed his life. I was explaining this documentary to Megan and I just lost it. Just couldn't stop, right? And it made me, and I it was like, I cried like a baby. Like it was brutal. This, like I'm, I'm getting teary now. I know you're it. welling up. But it was just this story of this guy who had everything and he couldn't help but destroy his life. Mm-hmm. And then how he'd sort of then built himself back up and he was now coaching and doing all this kind of stuff again. But, I cried, I reckon, for 15 minutes. I couldn't stop. It was uncontrollable, right? And Megan goes, and, and Megan did, so there was nothing she could do, right? She just sat there and just hugged me. Yeah. And she goes, are you okay? And I go, I don't know. Like, I just, it obviously, it I hits just, some I nerve. just I, it, but I, my body was like, you just need to get rid of this. Yeah. And I just don't think, and the power of that. Yeah. The power of that. I, I've never felt anything like that again. I've never had a situation like that again. Yeah, and there's probably some times where I probably needed to. Yeah, but I felt I felt really free, mm. like I, like it was incredible. And and she goes, "You must have really needed that." And I go, "Yeah, I." I and now it's it's a trigger now. So like you just saw then. Yeah, I tell that story and it triggers me again. Yeah, right. But you know, and again, we don't want to get on the
0: mental health no you know, thing, but
1: we don't do it enough. I don't think we are honest with ourselves enough about it.
0: Yeah, and that was one thing that you know. Again, back to my father passing—that Bexodus, you you don't cry. Yeah, like you're just ice cold. Yeah, you know, you you don't show all these emotions, and um, you know, and unfortunately, I was caught up in in um, recreational um, habits through nearly twenty years of my life Mm. that I that I think suppressed a lot of my feelings. Um, and I thought at the time I needed those things and, you know, I was functioning at a high level because I thought it was because of the recreational things that I was doing. Yeah. Um, but I realized it was actually suppressing, um, a lot of those emotions and suppressing a lot of the feelings and, um, hurting a lot of people, um, you know, along the way. Not that I had any intent, my intentions were always, you know, and this is what I keep telling myself. My intentions are to help these people. My intentions are to work hard. My intentions are to go 100 miles an hour and give them everything they want. And then when my dad passed, Beck said, "You never show any of my, how can you not show them? She could see how close I was to my dad, but I I didn't, I couldn't show it. Um, And I even got worse during that period, like to the point of actually facing, you know, five police with guns at me. Um, I actually wanted to die. Um, And I didn't realise that my dad had that much influence on my life that and my family, you know, because that was getting destroyed. The whole lot was just, it was a trigger for, unfortunately, things to escalate where I thought I could deal with it more if I just don't think about it or don't deal with it. And you're right, by holding all that in, I don't even want to remember that day, but from that day, um, moving forward, I let it all out um, to the point, you know, the police actually let me go that night. Yeah. um, Because I was in a ball of tears, emotion, you know, probably 25 years of just build up of no emotion. Yeah. Not caring or, you know, and I look back now, and as I said, I was terrible to a lot of people that really loved me. Um, And I think they could see that I had that goodness but couldn't understand and people had no idea, you know, what I was doing behind the scenes because I was functioning at a very high level. Yeah. Um, It's probably the first time I've come out and and sort of said this to, you know, anyone, (laughs) I'm saying to everyone, um, because I just, I think people, you know, especially young adolescents think, Oh, it's great to go out and start doing, you know, recreational things on the weekends and you can, you can manage it and then go back to work. Unfortunately it takes control of you because of the false sense of securities that it gives you. Um, it enables you to block pain. It enables you to block all these bad things in your life that you think need to be blocked. But in actual truth, um, you know, I've been sober now four years and I actually enjoy a good cry now. Mm. I actually enjoy all the emotional ups and downs and it actually drives me and, you know, Clever's benefited from this. Mm. Because from 2019, you know, moving forward, the company's growing exponentially. Mm. And, I'm, you know, I'm not going to take all the credit, but definitely the way that I deal with things now and I actually look at it and, uh, you know, really think about it, listen to the team and actually value the team um, instead of trying to tell them what to do or how we're going to do it. There's a lot more input coming back in. Um, so you're right. You know, being emotional and really taking that time uh, to understand yourself, understand people around you, I think is the key to life. Like, I'm so happy, you know, like mm. we're sitting here crying, mm. but I'm actually the happiest I've ever been in my life. Mm. Um, you know, I, I sort of, I'm, I'm a lot more real now. And that would be a real word that I would like to use. I'm, I'm more real because I'm so aware of what's going on.
1: It's uh, funny we got we got here because I asked you bush or beach why'd uh, you move look at the journey look at the journey we've gone
0: on and you know what moving to the bush has actually just freed my mind even more um, you know living in the Gold Coast um, you know moving up here 12 years ago was one of the best moves I think I did for my family um, you know Gold Coast a wonderful place I don't think any place I've been on earth it. You know, home to me is the Gold Coast, yeah. but it's a busy place. You know, it's a living in a city or on the beach, it's quite full on. You know, unless you're in a remote beach, but, you know, yeah. mo- most of all, most Australian beaches, Bondi, Gold Coast, like, they're full on places. And I think that was my release for a long time. Like, that was the place I went, you know, every second, if not every weekend, being part of the surf lifesaving community. That was really, that four hours or six hours that I was at the beach That was my escape. That was my own time. A lot of times i just stand there on patrol looking out. You know, we've never had many incidences while I've been on patrol and I think it's because of the prevention. I've actually just focused on that patrol area. Um, And I really enjoyed that for many, many years. But I've now, as we were talking about before, I've got this conundrum because now I've got the property and I'm finding that same, um, I guess, headspace Walking out onto my land You know, on the weekend I was just (laughs) A simple thing Like digging a hole Mm. Was actually You know Quite rewarding And waking up in the morning Seeing the kangaroos At my back door I got chickens pecking At the glass You know (laughs) Wanted to come in Like it's I think you need that thing You know Well it's your
1: space Yeah
0: Where it's just your space The phone's not ringing Uh, There's no one else at you Um yeah, and I think you've got to have it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, now I've got this uh, whole dilemma. Do you miss the beach? You know, I thought that I would miss it more than I do. And I think when I look at it now, it was the feeling of being at the beach that I enjoy. And I've been able to have that same feeling on the land. So do I miss the beach? Probably not. Like I'm not, you know, I guess a big surfer or such, so, so it's not my sport. Um, being at the beach was what I enjoyed and being free was what I enjoyed so I've just replaced that with a different landscape yeah so at the moment it's bush it's funny for me because
1: I've always lived on the beach like I've always lived in a bit. Be- like I lived five minutes from the beach I lived one minute from the beach it was across the road Now I live up here where I'm five minutes from the beach I don't care the beach very much right but also don't want to live out west. Yeah. So I know that my soul needs the ocean. It yep. needs to be near the ocean. I yep. love the environment. I love that area. But I've got to say, like, my mate has just bought sort of in the hinterland of Noosa. He's only got five acres. It's not huge. Yep. And my parents have got 40 acres up sort of near Boona. Every time I go, they go, yeah, I could probably do this. It's hard, hard work.
0: It's hard. It is hard work. It's really hard
1: work. Like all I hear is bitching and moaning about people that own land. And I'm like, eh, I don't really think I'm up for that. But to go there and spend a bit of time there, I'm cool with that. I don't want to have to get up and. It's like camping. You I know, don't, oh, don't get me started on camping, Michael. All
0: right? uh, Do not get me started on camping.
1: I'm sure you're a camper.
0: Uh, I'm. I'm. A, I love camping. Yeah, and I love watching other people put up their tents and having domestics. <laughs> you know, like. It. Well,
1: I am not a camper. Right. And I need a toilet, a TV, and a bed.
0: Okay. So it,
1: I, I could probably do a, a, a cabin.
0: Glam- a glamper.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. A certain style of glamper with four walls and a roof. Yeah, right. right. Uh, look, my wife is pestering me to camp. And obviously, Chris here from Straight Up, massive on the camping. Right? Yeah, yeah, I've Started you a YouTube channel,
0: right? I know, I've seen it.
1: So he, but I'm just like camping. Now, I had a bad experience as, as a young kid. Yeah, right. So we, we used to have. Used to go for footy. We used to have our presentation weekend, and the dads and the sons would go over on the Saturday to the Basin yep. at uh, in Sydney. Yes, drive over from Palm Beach, get on the ferry, go over to the Basin, which is West Head, I believe, yep. and camp. And it's like when talk. It's not like roughhouse camping, like it's, it's got, got toilets and stuff, right? But I, I must have been eleven. I reckon I was eleven, and. It was amazing. I used to love I used to love it. So but I must have eaten some like a dodgy sausage or some raw onions or something. And to this day I've never eaten onions since, right? Yeah. But I had a bit of a stomach problem. Okay. And it was absolutely pouring with rain. Like the, in fact that people on inflatable mattresses were floating. Were floating, were floating in the tent. That's not a lie. Right. And I had this little bit of a stomach problem and had to like evacuate. <laughs> as 11 year old which is not comfortable anyway but was like in the pouring rain behind a tree oh, no. three or four times because I couldn't get to the toilet right so it, camping has been sort of shunned Yeah. for 35 years because of that dodgy sausage or raw onion raw onions have paid the price Yeah. I've not eaten onions since anything like mum will make a potato bake is there onions in it yep not eating it Really? Yeah, but now I've sort of learnt to cook with onions, and I, I find okay. that if I Mix cook it them, in with the... if I, if they're cooked, yeah, right. I, I really believe that it was a barbecue. Yeah, well, mate, back in the early '80s, you know you were camping, you were you were cooking by a torch, yep. torchlight, right? And you know, mate, they could have poisoned fifty people. We could have been eating raw, <laughs> raw whatever. I don't know what it raw was. So- it was probably It was, the was, pro- it was probably raw sausage, so right?
0: In your head, you're like. I get, Onion. I, don't, I like the sausages yeah. better. yeah. I, Onion. Blame the yeah. I
1: could never give up sausages,
0: yeah. let's be honest. Uh, but,
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, it's like camping's felt the brunt of that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I think you're either a camper or you're not. Yeah. You know, most people have, you know, should be one of your questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can, you Yeah. Know, five stars or all the stars. Yes. <laughs> there
1: you go. Five stars or many stars.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I think... Um, yeah, I'm very similar. Like my mum still lives on the water down here at um, surface, so I still got to see it. You yeah. know, I've got to drive past. I'm yeah. Every good memory, even my kids. You know, they're growing up now, but you get the two of them together around water, and it's like they're young kids again. Mm. It's a, it's sort of the one time when they're together in the water. they're br- I can see their brothers, and they love each other and they're playing. So for me, there's so many good memories. You know. My, as I told you, my growing up was every weekend out of botany. So mm. for me, the water will always be part of my life. I'm even digging a dam in in the property just so I can have some water. I might even get a little bit of a wave machine just to make it feel. Please. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm. you know, I yeah. guess my heart is still, you know, eventually, you know, the next place that we sort of maybe retire into will be, you know, ultimately up on airly. Um, overlooking the Sunday Island. So I've got to be seeing that ocean. Yeah. Uh, I think it is a sense of freedom. Um, but I think I can see now how land is also, when you can just look out and not see your neighbour. Mm. And it is a sense of freedom where you can just see the horizon or you can, you know, and all I look into, you know, because I'm lucky, even though my property's not that big, there's a hundred acre reserve that I actually look into. So wow. I, I can't see a neighbour unless I, you know, get the telescope out and sort of peep through a, a line of trees. I can see a neighbour, but normally you sit out on my veranda, you can't see another neighbour. Um, so I can sense that feeling of just spaciousness and freedom and, um, yeah, it, it's definitely changed my life. Yeah. Uh, it's been the move that I've needed and it's just really put that cherry on top um, and as I said, you know, in the last 12 months, I'm the happiest I've ever been. Um, yeah. I'm in such a good place. I can now actually see a future that, you know, I want to go to and I'm loving work, um, you know, which I, I think we we're probably here to talk about. <laughs> yeah, which we probably won't get to in this episode, which is quite good because then we
1: can have another episode. We can actually talk about yeah the Clever Vision because I yeah. think it was important that we got to know you. Yeah, I really yeah. do. And but I think you had some stuff you wanted to say.
0: I yeah you know, I think I said that this morning when I was driving in here you know and I started sort of thinking about all the questions um I definitely had a story to say mm. definitely something that I've been bottling up for a long time and I you know I have a good cry both of us mm. um I'm thank like, you yeah <laughs> I feel better for it I We've responded like, I feel like today's going to be a good day It's a good day a good a good, good day. day yeah it's a good day um so yeah so it has been it's been good Um, you know, it's been, I guess, up to this point, a good journey and, you know, that there's big things to come, definitely exciting things to come. Absolutely. Uh, we were just talking yesterday in the office about, um, uh, what what was the topic? I can't remember the exact topic, but it was the way that, um, people treat you. And I look at it now that you're just a mirror. Mm. People will treat you the way you treat them. Um, and I'm a true believer and, um, you know, Marina in the office, she jumped straight up because she heard it. She goes, so true. Um, and now I actually, instead of just thinking about the way, you know, I treat other people, it's how they treat me in return actually is a true reflection on how I'm actually treating them, you know. Um, so that's the way now we look at our business and it's the way, I guess, I've encompassed the whole lot together. You know, my family, uh, my work people, uh, all my friends, you know, and I've sort of got to that point in my life now that they're not separate. And I think, you know, when you're growing up, it's like, okay, I've got my friends and I'm going to go out and, you know, do these things on the weekend and then I've got my work and, uh, you know, you've got all these separate things that you're trying to combine together and sometimes they actually conflict on each other because Mm. you've got to be a different person. You know, who I was really on the weekend was not who I was when I was working. And, you know, I created these facades for so long of these multiple people. Yeah. Uh, I got really good at it um, because people in each field had no idea. But now I'm able just to be the one person for all of them. And I can encompass the whole lot. You know, so whether I'm here talking to you or, you know, I'm out on the weekend or I'm at work or I'm with my friends and family. I'm now actually the same person. Yeah, I find it's it's difficult. I have this discussion, especially with clients, podcast
1: wise, and and even with with marketing clients that we're doing videography for or or, or something like that, and they're like, oh, but I want to play this character. I'm like, no, 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 don't be a character, be your character. Yeah, right? be you, because if you become a character. You don't have to act that character because that's what people think you are. Yes. So you're better off being you, and then people will the people that you want will gravitate to that. You don't want to if you need to fake it. You're not going to get your target market. Yeah. Right. You're going to get the target market of the fake character, which you can't uphold for a long time. Exactly. So just be your character, and I think that's important. Find you, be you, so much easier. Oh. Then you just wake up and you just be you. Well, you please, don't have to click into uh like, I gotta be, I got to be, be today? yeah I got to be uh manager Michael today. Yeah. Or I've got to be super Michael today. Like it's no 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 no. You're just Michael and that's yeah.
0: it. Way easier. <coughs> it's funny when I was going through that tough period I um went to this um counseling group. Um again another another good thing I actually enjoyed, you know, and thought the counseling groups or you know AA's and things like were only for losers, you know, and I that's actually, another
1: hurdle, isn't it really? Like we've oh, got to jump
0: over that hurdle that that was huge, yeah. you know, and i actually I went there thinking I was going there to try and help other people, like I thought everyone else had the problem, like <laughs> this is how naive I was, right like yeah. and this is only years ago, like yeah. um, luckily for you, it was pre us meeting yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I look back now, I think, what a toss, but anyway, <laughs> so i went I went to this um this meeting and I walked in, I told my story, I got my shoulders, you know, back and, you know, and all these people with their problems and i oh no, no, I'm not here for my problem, I'm here for, you know, other people's problems and I just want to know how I can help them fix it and this little lady, she was running the thing and um, I still remember to this day, just stand up, just unbutton your shirt, I said, well, hang on a second, what meeting is this? I said, I thought, you know, we come in here to talk. She goes, no, I just want to see if you've got a Superman badge on your chest. And I'm like, what? She goes, well, you come in here. We're all sitting around, you know, people are sort of telling their stories. And you're, like, making out like you're Superman. Like, you're here to fix everyone else's problems. And I was just like, well, yeah, like, no, I just want to understand how I can help, you know, some other people in my life. She's like, how about you sit down? Can you help yourself? You're not Super Michael. You know, and that was actually a real, um, that was a real moment, you know, because I think mentally I knew I had to be there, but I was still in denial of why I was there, you know, and I was looking at how everyone else could change to change me. And it wasn't like, you know, Karen um, really dug into me and, you know, she gave it to me. You know, for the first you know, just this you know, little boutique um, lady and you know, I'm going to give her a call out because she really was the one person that really got inside me and called me out for what I was and I was a fraud. I was mm-hmm. a dead set fraud thinking I was this Superman and really I just need to sit down and just look at myself. Mm. And that's why I said I think a lot of it now is a mirror, mm. you know, so self-reflecting is good and, you know, really looking at yourself and realising, you uh, know, you're not, you're not this character yeah. Uh, that a lot of us put on yeah. or a lot of us think we have to put on. Yeah, and absolutely. I really feel sorry for our kids. Like This whole social media, um, like the big thing at the moment is how you identify. Yeah.
1: Don't get me started.
0: Right? Like, it's massive. Every YouTube or TikTok or whatever they're talking about, you know, what is woman? I actually feel sorry for women mm. because I think women have been fighting for their own liberal rights for so long. And now you've got men coming in wanting to be women, saying identify as a woman. But biologically, they don't menstruate. They don't go through the hassles that women go through, but yet they want to be, you know. And so I was just think this whole identity thing of how people want to be seen. They put so much emphasis on what other people feel about them. Really, if you want to identify as well, go and do it. Mm. But don't make it an agenda that everyone else has to, you know. And that's sort of why i I sort of feel now like and i think we all go through that part of our life
1: it's interesting whether this is it's it's always been there but it's you know, there's now a platform for it right because oh, polarized so i i don't recall it ever being there but maybe somewhere maybe i just wasn't in the right circle so maybe there was a push for all this stuff all the time yeah but now there's we've got all those social media that people just think because they have the ability to put something out there that people want to listen to it. Yeah. Again, ironic podcast, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not big on the woke scene, to be honest. I, I try to I try to avoid all of it. Yeah. Uh, I don't engage in it. I find the the simplest thing I've done is just not engage.
0: Yeah. I'm. Right? I'm very I have similar. Now. I have
1: no opinion. Right. Yep. I have my belief. Yep. And that's fine. I don't care about your belief. Hmm. Don't care about my belief, please. Yeah. Right. I'll offer you the same respect if you offer me that respect. I'm not going to preach it. It's just I am who I am, and you're not going to convince me otherwise. So I'm cool. That's cool. Mm. But please don't take the don't take offence to that. Yeah. Right.
0: Because I don't care about you either. Please yeah. don't care about me. Uh, and I think yeah, so much of it is based around caring about what other people are doing. Yeah. The only time I care about what someone's doing is when I'm in the presence of them, like right now with yeah, well, you. When it's affecting you. Right now with you you know, you're the main, you're the only person that I'm actually caring about yeah. right now. Yeah. And then once I leave the next person I engage with, we have that conversation and I'm worried about that, but to go and base my life around a conversation that you and I sort of have mm. or how I fe- think you're going to feel. Um, I think I've, I've dropped all that off my shoulders now. Mm. Uh, and I wore that for so long. You know, I wore that, Oh, how I look and how people are going to perceive me and, and, you know, and all this and, you know, I guess pushing people that I really cared about out of the way because I wanted this facade. Now there's no facade. Now you just get yeah the raw me. As I said, I've, I've got now legal people telling me <laughs> what I can and so I can't but, say in workplaces. But really, apart from that, I'm just as raw as it comes down. And, and I think that's the other thing I like about country people. You know, some of my neighbours now like just getting conversations with Man, they walk out with old ratty boots and, you know, the cowboy hat and, you know, they don't care what I think about them. No. They really don't give a hoot.
1: Well, I think first step to freedom is not caring what other people think about you. That's the first step. If you can get that.
0: 100%. Or,
1: because it really only matters about your family and and your close friends, it matters what they think, to a point. To a point.
0: Yeah. Right? But you do you.
1: That's what I think. Yeah. You just, you, you do you. I'm cool with that. Yep. And... Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm not, I'd like to say I'm not particularly judgy. I don't think I am. I am to a bit. Like there'll be some. I walk past someone on the street. I'll be sometimes get. Oh God. Okay. Righto. That's not what I would have done.
0: Yeah. But Ooh, oh, he he could yeah. do with a shower. Yeah. Yeah. Mm,
1: those jeans are a little <laughs> skinny. Right? Mm. But you know what? You yeah. you if you're, com-
0: yeah, if you you're do you. comfortable, you're yeah. comfortable with half of your uh, yeah. body hanging out. That's it. Yeah. More credit mm. to you. Mm.
1: Yeah. So I try not to judge too much. Because I'm hoping people aren't judging me. Yeah, but I also don't care if they are. Yep. And so I am who I am. I'm forty. I'm forty-eight in three months' time, and I am who I am. And I think that people have sort of realised that now. Yeah. Like I'm not going to
0: change. I think if you just a, if you if you're a true good human and you believe that in yourself, then. Others will see that. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, just listening to both your story and mine today, I think, you know, you surround yourself with good people um, and you've got good morals. What more is there? And um, yeah, I just, yeah, I'm just at a point in my life now where I just, I'm just so happy. Like, again, yeah. I've said it three or yeah, four no, times. Absolutely. And um, enjoying life, enjoying the people I'm around. Yeah. Um, you know, and enjoying the people, you know, especially our, our, I guess, business partners. I call them. You know, they're not customers. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're a business partner, and you know, we're just helping each other get on. and Definitely. Um, yeah, I think that that's my word for the day. That's Michael. That's it. Let's
1: finish it with our five quick fire questions. All right, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. Now we've already gone a bit over this. Okay, beat or bush.
0: Now bush, bush.
1: Okay. Now. Movies or TV? Definitely movies. Okay, good one. Salad or veg? Salad. Or chips just, salad. Chips salad. Chips and salad. Chips and salad. Chips and salad. Chips and salad. Books or music?
0: Has to be music only because I really can't read. Says <laughs> <laughs> so another interesting fact. Mate, uh, for a man
1: that sends a lot of emails.
0: Oh, mate. He, right? It's funny. I can read documents <laughs> or I can read, you know, um, like a, a guide. Mm. But sitting there, and re- I, I've never read a book from cover to cover. Not wow. once, ever. Okay. I, I can't visualize it. Like, I can't, you know. Some, I,
1: don't know. Uh, I think you're either a reader or you're not. Yeah. I uh, think you can, and you can try and learn to be a reader, but it's very
0: difficult. Oh, I was on the plane the other day, and um, the lady was reading a book. She was flicking pages, yeah. like showing off. Yeah, just showing, showing off, off, like scanning down. I just thought, oh, I wish I could do that to just immerse myself cuz you, you people who read they oh you know I love that book and oh yeah people
1: who read love reading
0: oh they immerse yeah. themselves and can power through a you know a book in a week yeah i was huge with reading probably
1: until i had kids yeah. so I, I used to read a lot now i value my time a lot more <laughs> so i don't spend much time reading anymore even though i still buy books or i'll get like ebooks on my iPad or Kindle or whatever and I still get them. I acquire stuff. (laughs) I just don't read them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What's the last one? Okay. Last one. Spray on or roll on? Oh, definitely roll on. Roll on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a roll on man.
0: I love that feeling. Rolling on in the morning. Yeah. It stays with you all day too. Sure does. Yeah.
1: You get the right one. What's your go to? Brute. Oh, brute thirty three, man! I've gone back. You've gone back to
0: you've gone back to the eighties. Oh, mate, it's funny. I was um, Nivea for a while, and then I yeah. went Lynx, and you know I've gone through them all. And yeah. uh, I've been quite lucky. I'm not a bo person. Yeah. Um, or, you are lucky. Um, you know, no one's ever told me anyway. <laughs> so, but you know you can smell even as a teenager. Like one of my boys. I'm not going to mention which one. One of them bo bad. Yeah. Um, and I feel sorry for people who just naturally go through that period. Yeah. So I've been pretty lucky. But then when you're switching through some deodorants, sometimes I actually put deodorant and all of a sudden I've got BO. Mm. It was like, whoa, you know, why do I stink all of a sudden? And it was, yeah, changing. Yep. Um, and it's funny, my dad was always a brute man. And I actually thought, that's old man smell. Mm. And then again, since he's passed, for some reason, I'm just Back on a, it. Yep, bugger yeah. it. That's, that's the smell. Yeah, no, it's rolling all about the way. You? I'm rolling all the way. I'm Nivea. Nivea, yeah. And yeah. I just
1: change up. I, I've, I'm the same. I think your body adapts to deodorant.
0: Yes, 100%. So
1: I buy four at a time. So I've got four roll ons at any one time. Yep. And I just go through them. Yeah, right. No one, just pick one, pick one, pick one, pick one each different day. Yeah. Try it on. Yeah, so you don't adapt. That's it. So I'm, I'm just, I'm staying ahead of the BO curve. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, isn't that a good place to end? Absolutely. And on that note, yeah,
1: mate, that. it's been an absolute pleasure. We will see you next time on the underlay, but in a different role.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'll, pick, I'll put my uh, my Clever hat on next time. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, and we shall definitely talk to you further in another episode about uh, Clever Choice and where we're going and what's happening because it's exciting times. Thanks for
0: having me in here, mate.
1: It's an absolute pleasure, Michael. Thanks for opening up.
0: No, hey, you're welcome. It's uh, it's been real. Yeah, it has been. It has been, mate. Thanks for
1: thanks for joining us on the Underlay, and stay tuned. We've got more episodes coming. But it's bye for now.
0: Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Underlay. If you want to hear more, follow us on all good podcast platforms.